trying to stay warm this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. with the gas board public now uh, I've got gas back in my kitchen after 8 months and 6 days without it a couple of weeks ago uh, no hang on a week ago ish um, but we still don't have any central heating which means we're all sitting around here with an electric heater on which is frankly not large enough for the room um, which you might just about be able to hear in the background if you really strain your ears I will try to edit out any background noise so hopefully it's not bothering you too much um, this week I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, finally here. And Federico Lopez. Hi, great to be here. Whose name I just remembered for the first time ever. I think it's the second time. Second? Actually, yeah. I'm I'm on a roll (laughs) of sorts. Um, We have another fun week of Argentine football to discuss and another very confusing week in the boardrooms. Um, But before we get on with that, let's talk about the results that have happened in Argentine football since we last recorded. First of all, uh, last Thursday night, as most of you are probably aware by now, Boca Juniors and Rosario Central uh, played their first two, their first two, their two first legs um, of the Copa Libertadores quarterfinals. Those ended in a 1-1 draw for Boca away to Nacional of Uruguay, and a 1-0 win at home for Rosario Central against Atlético Nacional of Colombia. Um, who got to the quarter-final stage as arguably the strongest team in the champ- in the tournament so far, um, and were handed their first defeat of the of, of the Libertadores this year. Um, the second legs are both on Thursday evening. Uh, Boca play at half past seven, is it? Uh, yeah. No, quarter past eight for some reason. Quarter past eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, the, changed, I think. and uh, Central, um, or rather Atlético Nacional against Central is at quarter to eleven. Argentine time. Yeah, because Colombia is uh, two hours uh, yeah. before them. Yeah, okay. it's very yeah. annoying. Um, but anyway, looking forward to those. They're both nicely set up, and we'll talk about the first legs a little bit later, of course. There have been various Copa Argentina matches since we last recorded. It just occurred to me, but I haven't brought up the results from those yet. So let's go through those before we get to the league. They went uh, as follows... We already mentioned Colón Almagro, in which Colón put Almagro out from a couple of weeks ago. The other ones were a couple of weeks ago as well. And then last week, uh, Estudiantes de Buenos Aires had put Tempele out 2-1. I think we mentioned that last yes, week. we, we have. Yeah. Um, we have mentioned, I think... And also, uh, we didn't mention Vélez, did we? That, yes. that got played, I think, just before we recorded, but we completely forgot yes. about it. It might have been played whilst we were recording. Uh, but Vélez put Sportivo Barracas out 1-0. Um, last Wednesday and then on Thursday Newell's old boys who've been struggling to score and look very good at all um, finally had something to celebrate they put San Sinena out beating them 5-2 their next opponents will be Deportivo Moron who as we already mentioned had advanced uh, thanks to putting out Aldo Civi on penalties a couple of weeks ago sorry I, I heard the, then you follow up with the results but I heard 
because it's incredible. Uh, Diego Sela saying the news of coach saying it's it's good, it's important to to score five goals. Yeah. But you hear they score five goals to San Sinena. Mm. Uh, right. Yes, it's good. Think, of course, it's good to score five goals, but. Maxi Rodriguez got a hat-trick, might be his last hat-trick for Newell's, might be the last hat-trick of his career, who knows, we shall mm. see. Um, on Tuesday, Union needed penalties to put out Atletico Paraná after a 1-1 draw, and Deportivo Madrid, good grief. Uh, oh no, that's at the moment, in fact. Uh, yes, Gimnasia against Deportivo 20 minutes ago. Is that on television? Let's have a look. Yes, it please. is. Okay, well, we have a match to watch then. Uh, Deportivo Madrid are currently leading Gimnasia La Plata 1-0 after 20 minutes and we'll let you know how that one carries on Um, in the league since we last recorded we had the following results Huracan 1 Union de Santa Fe 1 Defensa Justicia 2 Racing 1 Atletico Tucumán 3 San Martín de San Juan 2 those were all on Friday evening on Saturday the two most important matches of the weekend uh, by a distance as we mentioned last week were the Godoy Cruz and San Lorenzo games as those two fight it out for top spot in Group 1. A reminder that they both went into last weekend tied on points, separated only on goal difference, and that is how they're going into the last weekend of the season, because on Saturday they both won. Godoy Cruz got a 1-0 win at home to Belgrano, um, thanks to a stonking free kick from former Boca player Paul Fernandes, and San Lorenzo got a 2-0 win away to Colón, thanks to a very early goal from Nico Blandi and a very late goal from Martin Cateruccio. Uh, also on Saturday, River Plate's reserves beat Gimnasia La Plata. No, it was a full-strength River team, sorry, because they're out of the Libertadores now. Of course, you, you don't know now. We I said reserves out of the reserves on Guarda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. River Plate's up with something to prove, but not really anything to play for. Uh, beat Gimnasia 1-0. Independiente beat Arsenal de Sarandí 2-0. Uh, Argentino Juniors... Uh, drew at home with Lanús 1-1 which had repercussions for the uh, relegation battle we'll get on to exactly how that's standing in a minute as well Tempele beat Newell's old boys 2-0 Sarmiento lost 1-0 to Tigre um, and then on Sunday we had Aldo Civi 2 Atletico de Rafaela 1 Rosario Central reserves this time I am right about that 1 Quilmes 1 Estudiantes de la Plata 3 Boca Juniors reserves I think wasn't yeah. It? yeah pretty much um, 1 uh, yeah because Andres Chavez scored the goal but he was pretty much the only starter wasn't he yeah um, Patronato 1 Olimpo 0 and Banfield 0 Vélez Sarsfield 0 um, those last two were on Monday not Sunday I apologise uh, so where do we start then group 1 leadership race do we start with the relegation battle Yes, I, I stick with uh, the relegation battle. Mm. If we talk about that, the, the tremendous mistake by Camilo Vargas, the Colombian goalkeeper from Argentina Juniors, who uh, basically put the ball into the net uh, with a cross after a cross of, uh, from Maxi Velasquez. From Maxi Velasquez that, to send off. Which, which could turn into the relegation because, uh, of course, they must win now, and I think Sarmiento not. Uh, not winning, yeah. Yes. And also blunder from a Sarmiento defender, which yes. went viral because of uh, Caruso Lombardi's uh, reaction. Mm. <laughs> also conceding to Tigre late in the game when they were uh, holding a draw. And that was crucial, combined yeah. with Carlos Bueno's equaliser for Argentinos. Um, also temporarily won at home against Newell's and uh, mm. saved themselves, yeah. at least for now. And celebrating it, of course, as... It's as if they had won the, the, the tournament because for them, as it's Randan kind of said, uh, one of the temporary players said, it, it is clearly like like winning 
the day on for them. Yeah, absolutely. Another year in the Premier round. It will be another year. It won't be another six months, of course. Um, we think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're pretty sure. If about it continues to it's exist, still not 100 yet. Um, if uh, yes, if, if Argentine football as a whole continues to exist after the couple of months that we've got coming up, Patronato's one nil win um, against Olimpo on Monday meant that they were safe. I'm not sure why that match wasn't played at the same time as the other three games on um, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. According um, to the rule book, only the last uh, matches, uh, the final weekend, has to be played at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Because the, the other weekend. three relegation games were all played at the same time anyway, which. I mean, they usually yeah. do it, but it's not uh, mandatory, so they, they okay. are not obliged to do it. Anyway, the only match, matches that they will be obliged to put at the same time, uh, relegation-wise, this coming weekend, are the Argentinos and Sarmiento matches, because as yeah. we say, Patronato and Tempele are both safe. Atletico de Rafaela are below Patronato in the relegation table, but cannot be relegated because of the no they've obviously played more games, they're divided by more matches, and therefore they can't finish uh, that low down. Um, the situation in the relegation table now, with one match to go, and it's very easy, or it's comparatively easy by Argentine standards to work it out, because uh, both Sarmiento and Argentinos have played the same number of matches, which means they're divided by the same number of, of matches, um, which means that you just have to look at the points for once, which is nice. Um, so after 45 matches each from uh, the current season and the whole of the 2015 campaign, Sarmiento have got 44 points and Argentinos Juniors have got 42 points. Um, so if, Ar if Argentinos wins and uh, Sarmiento draws, there's uh, have to play a, play a playoff. Yeah. Any other combination of results will result in one or other of those teams going straight down, obviously. If Argentinos don't win, then they're relegated. Uh, if Argentinos do win and Sarmiento lose, Argentinos will stay up. The final weekend fixtures for these two sides are... That Argentinos are, I think one of them's got Atletico de Rafael, haven't they? I think. Bringing them up now. Argentinos have got Atletico de Rafael away from home. Um, and Sarmiento are also away against Olimpo. One of those matches That's a sounds a lot easier to win than the other. Well, I, I think the more. It is. Sarmiento Olimpo is one of the. No, Sarmiento Tigre was the classical. That was the classic. The classical in, oh, in inverted commas for the benefit of the um, And Argentinos classical was Venice. Would you be fair for Argentinos to win the, the match, their match and, and Sarmiento to, to, to draw so that they play a, a, a match? Because uh, taking into account the, the damn goals that both teams conceded last weekend, they deserve a, a match to decide who is the worst. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So that is your relegation situation for the moment. And as we say, only one team going down. If you're brand new to us and to Argentine football and you're wondering why we're not telling you who else is in the relegation mix, it's because nobody else is in the relegation and mix. And if you are new... Because there's only one team from 30 who are going to be relegated. It's and ridiculous. if you are totally new and you are new by for, for football in, in general, you must know that we don't know, still don't know whether this season is going to be one only one team relegated and next one, 10. So... It's something yes, which, to talk ahead about that. But. Which, although we've said it probably won't be happening now for several weeks, it turns out that that is something that is now being discussed as an actual possibility. Um, so, everything's up in the air. We will get onto that during the second half of the... Um, And we are talking seriously about this. It's not a funny... No, no, we're, we're, we wish we were joking, <laughs> but we're not. Um, on to Saturday, when Godoy Cruz and San Lorenzo provided us with, with some thrilling action. I thought that the Godoy Cruz match was particularly one-sided example of a 1-0 win. 
um, Godoy Cruz were they didn't actually play sort of all that well especially in the first half but in the second they stepped it up very nicely um, albeit they're, they're actually already goal up by them because the um, Paul Fernandes goal came with almost the last kick of the first half um, in the second half I thought they could have added to the lead and, and run out much more comfortably um, and San Lorenzo deserved the win against Colón as well how do we see that going on the final day of Group 1 action I think they, they, well, of course, scoring at the second minute was uh, comfortable, comfortable for them, but at the same time, as Gede admitted, it was like a change of plans very, very, very soon. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they, of course, weren't, weren't uh, back to their side uh, early in the match, as Gede wants, because he wants to, of course, everything wants to score, but when he scores, he likes to go a bit... Uh, yeah. A bit more defensive, maybe. Yes, it's. Yeah, I mean, I think bo both teams are favorites for for the next uh, matches. And uh, just to interrupt a second, sorry, Godoy Cruz next match is uh, away to San Martin, which is the classical mm -hmm. for them, the uh, the wine region classical, um, and that is an actual classical. It's not an inverted commas classical. And San Lorenzo are going to be at home to Banfield. Carry on, Felix. Uh, the, as I was saying, they, they were they are both uh, favorites for the next matches. Uh, San, San Martin ha haven't been that good this this season. Uh, they, they they have been decent, but they they, they should lose this game. Mm -hmm. uh, and so should Banfield, who have been quite a, quite bad this season, I, I'd say. Uh, so it, it should come down to goal difference. I mean, if Olashik stays. Uh, yeah, and no, goal difference-wise, that would be very much advantage Godoy Cruz, because mm -hmm. Godoy Cruz currently have a goal difference of plus 15, and San Lorenzo have a goal difference of plus 7. So it's not quite a Manchester United against Bournemouth scenario for San Lorenzo, um, but it's not very far off in terms of how likely it is to happen, um, even in what has been a pretty high-scoring season so far in Argentina. Um, I was going to say that I think Pablo Guede, I hadn't really sort of looked at at uh, San Lorenzo's form in, in too much detail. Obviously, I was aware it had picked up a fair bit um, subsequent to their Copa Libertadores um, elimination. But to think that around the halfway point of the championship, just after they'd been knocked out of the Libertadores, when they were playing that completely pointless Libertadores match against Liga de Quito on the final day of Libertadores group action, knowing that they couldn't get through whatever happened. Um, and, you know, there were people calling for Gede's head, saying, you know, that this isn't working at all. Since then, or in fact since the league game before that, um, when they beat Belgrano 3-2, that was the first of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive uh, league victories. And in the last four league matches, they've kept three clean sheets. They've only conceded against River. Um, it's been a bit of a turnaround, considering that prior to that, I mean, when they beat Belgrano 3-2, they, they put an end to a four-match winless run in the league. And you can probably add another two to that six or seven match in all competitions, including the Libertadores. Yeah, I think that speaks a little bit uh, as to the, the lack of depth that San Lorenzo squad had. Because obviously they chose the, the first part of the season to, to prioritize the, the Libertadores. 
so maybe feel the, 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 they they used to feel some maybe weaker squads in the in the league, and once they were out, uh, even a week earlier uh, than expected in, in in the Libertadores, they they could focus on the league, and they they do have a very solid uh, starting eleven, uh, and maybe a couple of reserves. So uh, that that also I mean it, it should uh, help them I think uh, mm. the, the the core they they have. Yeah. What might not is the news that they won't have a full stadium to play in front of um, against uh, Banfield on Sunday, Saturday. I suppose it's Sunday. 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 Yeah, there was a problem with it. there was a crack in one of the the stands, so they were initially uh, they were because that area they that zone and they will yeah at first they, they, it was something they could play at at Belis. It's the stadium, but there's a kind of a rivalry between them. So they Barras and Renzo Barras said, "At Belis, we don't, we, we won't, don't, we won't play at Belis." They decided exactly. that they won't play at Belis. Exactly. So the yes. they they finally will play at, at home, but with a, a st- an empty stand, which is mm-hmm. of course more dangerous, but well, it's okay. It's, it's Argentina. Yeah, the Barras have spoken. The stand, I guess, because the the media were talking about River also being a possibility at one point, and that just never ended up being brought up. So. Mm-hmm. I suppose they either it just was not a non-starter from the beginning, or it wasn't one of the options. What I heard, they what I heard about River is uh, the Monumental is uh, to to play the final there. Uh, the, yeah. Of the, the if it's not San Lorenzo. Yes. If, if it's Cruz, they Cruz, they mentioned the Rosario or Cordoba. I think Cordoba, it's Cordoba. But yeah. yeah. Um, so we shall see regarding that. Um, but well done, San Lorenzo, for that wonderful run that's uh, taken them to the brink of. Disappointment, uh, probably because it's. I, I would agree with. It'd be it'd be a surprise if if they end up in the final. Yeah, they're they're they should be in the Libertadores though for next year. So that's not. Uh, yes, a very bad achievement. They're still very much San Lorenzo and Godoy Cruz are guaranteed at least second place um, in Group One. Independiente cannot catch them. They're nine points behind with the game to go, um, and second place in Group One will play off against second place in Group Two. Um, for a place in next year's Copa Libertadores, second place in Group Two is the other big. Um, they are both guaranteed a, a place in the Libertadores, but the loser of that game will uh, enter in the qualifying stages. If oh, is that right? If an Argentinian team wins the Sudamericana. Okay, right. If that makes any sense. What happens if an Argentine team doesn't win the Sudamericana? They are both in the Do group stage. Both go into the group stage. And the one who reaches further in the Sudamericana will reach the qualifying stages. Oh, I see. Right, so the Sudamericana winner takes the Sudamericana winner's place regardless of country in the group stage. Exactly. Which would bump the Argentine team down, whereas if the Sudamericana winner is not Argentine, then the best Argentine team in the Sudamericana will take the fifth takes place. Takes the Argentine Sudamericana spot as opposed to the countryless Sudamericana winner's spot. Exactly. Super. Uh, and you thought that the Europa League qualifying for the Champions League business was confusing those of you in, in Europe tonight you didn't really think it was confusing it's very simple but still um, anyway group 2 then for a place in the Libertadores next year is between Estudiantes de la Plata who are on 31 points obviously Lanús won group 2 a few weeks ago in spite of English Dan's protestations that group 2 was the stronger of the groups uh, Lanús won it at a counter um, which might be partly why Argentinos managed to draw against Lanús uh, the other day, because Lanús didn't have anything to play for. Um, so the Libertadores spot in Group 2 is between Estudiantes de la Plata, who you know have a very long and proud history, of course, in the Libertadores, having won it 
uh, on three occasions consecutively in the late 1960s and 1970, um, and indeed again in 2008 with Juan Sebastián Meron. Yeah. Yes, because you won it in 2007 yeah. with Riquelme, and then Meron came back and won it with the Studiantes in 2008. Yeah. Um, six? No, no, nine. No, 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 so no, not six. Eight nine. or nine, you think? Is it eight or nine? Ooh, let's have a look. Nine, nine. I think it's nine because they faced the, the Barcelona team. No, two, 2006, they uh, won the uh, final against Boca. Or yeah. It was eight. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the ball yeah. yeah, 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 2008 was Liga de Quito because Man United won the European Cup that year. Yes. Uh, so it's nine they, when they faced uh, Barcelona, who had recently been United in the yes. final. Yes, thank you for the reminder. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so Group 2, and this is very exciting because Estudiantes, as we say, have got something of a pedigree in the Copa Libertadores, uh, but the other team who might manage to get into um, the, the Libertadores via this uh, slightly convoluted qualification method are a team without anything of a pedigree in the Libertadores, as far as I'm aware. I very much doubt they've played in it before, anyway. It's Atletico Tucumán. Um, who have confounded expectations and are one point behind Estudiantes... Um, so Estudiantes have 30 points 31 points, sorry Atletico Tucumán have 30 And Atletico Tucumán See, I think they could sneak this Because Estudiantes last match This coming weekend Is a I can't I'm waiting to see who it's against But I remember looking at it earlier And thinking it's one They could drop points in They're away to Union Which if Union are up for it Is tricky They are not playing for anything no, no this is Argentina, so maybe yeah. Atletico Tucumán will send a briefcase. Well, exactly, and maybe Estudiantes will send a briefcase of their own as well. Obviously. But Atletico Tucumán's opponents are, um, regardless of uh, Diego Arcena's it's nice to score five goals talk last weekend, are a team who are not um, all that impressive. They are Newell's old boys. Atletico Tucumán will have them at home. Uh, sorry, away, away in Newell's stadium. Um, but still, you would think... They should actually win, well. yeah. In maybe Maxi Rodriguez's last home game? Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it, yeah. If Niels, at least. If he decides to, to retire. He, he's not exactly at least at Niels. enamored of football. He's been linked right. to Boca as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. Wow. It would be interesting. I don't know where, because Boca had been uh, strongly linked to, to Jambo Sechur, the Chilean international. Mm. I mean, who plays in as left winger, maybe. So, But he has been linked to Boca, Maxi Rodriguez. To replace Carrizo? Maybe. I mean, Bosasur should uh, win that spot, or maybe in the left back. I mean, with Silva uh, yeah. going, but... Silva um, is going back to Sporting. Sporting, yeah. He was on loan, so he's he loan it ends. Even if we have done some he's out. What, what is the, 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 the case of, of uh, having a player on loan for six months, or, well, it's four or five months because they don't play six months exactly. from January... In general, they didn't play anything. I mean, there was a lack of depth in the left back for Boca. Yeah. Fabra was the only player in the squad uh, with Monson uh, gone and Colasso being useless. Uh, so, I mean, Silva appeared to be a very strong addition. I mean, uh, a player who's going to be in the Olympic squad and, uh, and playing in Europe. Fabra did much better. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, He, he ended up losing his part in the Australian eleven and to Fabra. So... To summarise, sorry, after that, I'm, I'm going to change the, uh, sure. the, the, the topic again, but thank you for the, the feedback. Um, to summarise, the must-watch matches this weekend are... Let, let's start, in fact, with the must-not-watch matches this weekend, which Don't are the relegation ones, because Argentinos and uh, Samiento are where they are for a reason. 
They're very bad teams. Um, okay, but also was the thrill of the of the fight. Yeah. Well, often yes, but the standard's been so low this time that I just I find it very difficult to to recommend it because even the relegation dog scrapping isn't all that you know amusing. Particularly when Argentinos are away to Atlético de Rafael. I mean, that really is probably the two worst teams yeah, in the league. Yeah, Regardless of the fact that Atlético are, are uh, safe of relegation for the moment, that's only because of yeah. Argentina's system. Uh, if not, they would have been relegated two years ago, and then again, this year. well, a year or six months ago, if there had been relegation six months ago, um, and then again now. So, two teams who shouldn't be in the Primera, without a shadow of a doubt, versus one team, Sarmiento, who shouldn't be in the Primera, away to another team who might just about be scraping into a proper 20-team Primera, if, if it were um, reduced to that number tomorrow, Olimpo. Um, so those are at quarter past three Argentine time on Saturday and the must-watch matches if you're interested in Libertadores qualification or in who's going to get the Group 1 final spot at quarter past four on Sunday San Lorenzo versus Banfield and San Martín de San Juan versus Godoy Cruz so those are your two potential title hopefuls and for the Libertadores there are three matches on at 6.30 on Sunday Um, and Given that you would think that the television ratings would be want, or the television people would be wanting to push Estudiantes and Atletico Tucumán's battle for Libertadores qualification um, and, and try and get some ratings out of it, I'm at a, a little bit nonplussed to discover that they've scheduled those two matches at the same time as the Boca game, which doesn't mean anything, but by virtue of being the Boca game, he's going to get the biggest audience of the three, I would think. Um, so those are at 630 on Sunday, Newells versus Atletico Tucumán, Unión versus Estudiantes, and for some reason, Boca versus Defensa y Justicia. And when's Milito's final game? Ah, that's a very and good question, know. thank you. Yes, Diego Milito's final game as a racing player uh, is player. at 5.30 on Saturday. Prime time. At home to Tempele. Nuts. And if you're wondering when the River Plate game is, and this is a big indicator of just how poor River have been in the last semester, really? uh, we are playing on Friday night at 8pm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, and How far the mighty have fallen. <laughs> they should play at the same similar time than San Lorenzo's match because Arsenal, Sandy is 8 p.m. It's, it's heavy, it's dangerous also. Yeah, but there's no away fans, so yes. nobody but cares. No, mm. no, 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 yeah. no, there are no away fans and there are no home fans either in Sarandi. No neutral fans there? Okay. No, no, no. no fans it's at all, I mean. Bahia Blanca and, and Mendoza are the ones. Are the spots more I know we're supposed yeah, to be. I guess new. that Sarandi's a bit too close to, them, to be able to get away with it. It's a bit yes. too close to the the, the, the centre of power in Buenos Aires province. I know we're supposed to be neutral, but I can't wait. I, I, I'm I'm really longing for the day when Arsenal reaches to the spot they belong to. That's the. Oh, there's Second no need to be division. neutral. There's, there's yeah. no need to be neutral about Arsenal on the pod. Don't worry. We've uh, yeah. we've covered this ground many times before, including when we had a, an Arsenal yeah. socio who explained to us why that was. Incredible but Arsenal is one of the two teams that haven't have never been relegated. Really. I think it's a third team. That's the third team. They're one of three teams who've never been relegated from the Primera. Um, Arsenal, Boca, and uh, one of the relatively new teams who just came up uh, along with the others. Um, I think it's Defensa Justicia. Um, but Arsenal have been relegated. They were relegated from the the at the time second division to the third division when the second division was the Primera Bay in the early 80s oh. uh, so they relegated Primera Bay to Primera C, C um, in like 1980 
three or eighty four or something like that, and then came straight back up, and have never, that's the only relegation that they've had. Um, but yes, never been relegated from the Primera. Um, not quite as impressive as, as Boca's run of never being relegated a century, of course, and equally uh, of uh, Independiente and Rivers' previous runs of not having been relegated for, for slightly longer than a century. Um, oh, in fact, I believe Boca are up to uh, level with River, aren't they? Now. I think so, much. yeah. It's this year or the River, next one I read about it. 103 and a half years or something like that, and Boca were a few yeah. years behind them, so yeah. Um, okay, other stuff. What else? What else can we discuss? Talking points from the weekend just gone more than um, necessarily. Uh, which matches actually mattered? Which were your favourite moments, gents? I've got to say, Paul Fernandez free kick for Godoy Cruz is, is one of the. Um, well, we don't have. It's not a, something to talk about a lot of time, but uh, and it's not Argentine uh, league, but uh, Gonzalo Guayin that has beaten a, a, a record that has been kept for 66 years, oh, yeah. having scored 36 goals in 35 matches, so mm-hmm. brutal, uh, and well, of course being the goal scorer. I'm sorry, 35 The one who had scored 35 was a Swedish player, I don't uh, remember Nordahl, now. Wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. And of course uh, also beating Angelicio, uh, another Argentinian who had scored 33. And what goal he did it with. So overhead kick from the edge of the box. Yeah, so congratulations to to Iwain. Now start doing yeah, for Argentina. Exactly. Fact, yeah, in fact. And so on. Uh, uh, that's what he's going to get when the Copa America kicks off on television streams across the city, I suspect. Um, talking points from the league weekend were... I mean, beyond the matches we've talked about, I, I guess the... the Yes, I, I, I have to mention Sarah's two blunders against the Estudiantes. Yeah, I was trying not to mention it, but thank you yeah. for uh, coming up with this. So Gaston Fernandez, the former River Plate centre forward, got two goals against the Estudiantes, and then Lucas Viatri replaced him. Um, against Boca, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lucas Viatri replaced Fernandez with about four minutes to go and scored by himself, thus completing what Argentines like to call the law of the X. Um, Boca had taken the lead fairly early on through an Andres Chavez header uh, but from then on they were I mean I didn't really think that Boca were that thoroughly outplayed I, Estudiantes oh, it was Estudiantes looked more balanced and I think probably deserved the win on that basis but really they got the win because as you say Sarah made two horrendous mistakes um, mm-hmm. replacing Orion of course who was he injured or not? no he's not but I mean he's he's, he really he's resting for the for the Libertadores I'd say mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Boca weren't awful. They, they weren't awful against Huracan the, the week before. I mean, Boca's reserves. Uh, they lack creati- creativity and uh, attacking power, but uh, they, they were decent, and the, the match was competitive uh, for most of it. Yeah. And what do you make of, of Sara? Because I, I saw something after the match uh, saying that Boca, I think it was last month, paid Atletico de Rafaela for his, to, to have his fee. He was on loan before that, and they've now bought him outright. Mm-hmm. So he became Bo- a Boca player, and then in his first appearance... After becoming a Boca player, uh, did that. And now they want their money back. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a backup keeper. I mean, he's not an important piece of the squad. Sorry, but uh, so even if Orion were to leave, I, I haven't heard about it being talked nah. about. But even if he were, you would think that they would want somebody else in. Exactly. I mean, if Orion were to leave, I'm, I'm sure they would go find another one. So non Boca fans shouldn't be getting too excited about the. But the goalkeeper goal, goal, goal position is ungrateful. It is, it, uh, yeah. I mean, but 
it was too horrific mistakes. But yeah. you, may, you, you may say, not you, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I think of, and, and if it had happened uh, on uh, a river, uh, river match, it had been, would have been the same, I think. Oh, Sarah can't be the goalkeeper at Boca. Mm. And he made two mistakes, but having been, been the goalkeeper for three matches in the season, four, I know, very, very few matches. Yeah, obviously it's unfair, but I mean, it's, it's the way it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for him, but... And he made uh, Aston Fernandez being linked with Boca also. Yes, after well, that, or because his contract is... No, it was after that, I think. Uh, his contract is ending now in a month. So, yeah, he's been linked to, to Boca, who's obviously looking for a backup striker now that Osvaldo is... Yes. We haven't discussed Oswaldo yet. No, we haven't. We'll, we will get on to that. Um, although Fernandez himself did say, just because I'm friends with Orion doesn't mean that I'm going to go to Boca. But and Orion said, yes, I will, have, I will meet him at home. I have uh, moved to a new home and I haven't invited him yet. And, and he will have... He will, uh, I, I have to invite him to come and eat something. Uh, well, we'll, we'll have to see what did they... It wouldn't be the first time Boca buys a player that performs against us. I remember uh, yeah. we bought Bobadilla because of that. Uh, oh, yeah. Almost a decade ago, so. and I think we still regret it. So, yeah. And I, I was sort of... gave a wry smile when the, the tweets about Fernandez started coming out after that match, because just a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember the, the name now of Independiente de Valle's goalkeeper, but after his second leg performance, he st suddenly started seeing loads of tweets going, this is the guy we need to replace Barrovero. Yes. And talking of Barrovero, uh, River got a 1-0 win in Marcelo Barrovero's final match in the Monumental, or at least his final match in the Monumental as a River player, because of course he may return one day, who knows. Um, Ivan Alonso scored the header, but the ovation was for Marcelo Barrovero, who came off uh, in like the second minute of stoppage time to be replaced by yes, Agustin Batalla. It, it was just when the additional time was coming, but uh, at one time the, the commentators say, said they didn't throw the ball uh, outside of the pitch and the, the, the change won't be taken. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And finally Barrovero was the one who uh, kicked the ball away and, and he could get out of the pitch and be in ovation. Uh, ovation so an emotional yes. evening yes. Um, for River fans. For him and for Anthony, who, who won't be able to play against Arsenal uh, because he has an injury again. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, the last match for him and for Vangioni. Vangioni is off to Milan. Um, Barroveros' transfer to an unnamed Mexican club has apparently fallen through, um, but he is expected to sign for an unnamed Spanish club now. Uh, those are the latest indications that I was looking at on Twitter. I say latest, uh, a few hours ago now, so for all I know it's developed further. But. Imagine that uh, that transfer also is also them. What will happen with him? He, uh, he of course, won't, be, uh, won't turn back, uh, won't make, uh, make his mind and say, well, I haven't got a club and I, won't, I, I need to, 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 be the, uh, to work and... and mm. But uh, it would be strange. Is it fair? Is it fair to criticize uh, Donofrio for this uh, for both Mancioni and Barrovero to be on a free? Don't think so, because I mean Barrovero's mind was made up before the Libertadores final last mm -hmm. year, and, and River did what they could to to try to retain him. Um, they are not the first yeah. important players to be on a free. No, of course. Uh, but, Sanchez um, was the same deal. Rojas. 
Yeah. It's been a number of players. Kavinai as well. I mean, he wasn't that 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 a big player but, at the moment. But, but at the same time, they they retained Rodrigo Mora when he was quite determined to to leave, and they managed to talk him around. Uh, and I think is Vanjie only going on a free, or have they got a fee for him? No, I think he was going on a free agent as as he as, as a, like River. What River does is, for example, to say, "Okay, thank you for staying," because. He could have gone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 choice they have is to maybe sell them a year uh, before and cash in, yeah. or may keep them and then sometimes when make this, them live on a free. But sometimes when when this happens, uh, the the clubs always have some doubt, uh, money that owe to the to the players, and I don't re- uh, remember or I don't know whether it, this is the case with Bayern Munich, but uh, when this happens, they say okay. Uh, go as a free agent and and we don't pay you the, the mm. what you owe what we owe you. Yeah, uh, that, that in usually. That case, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I agree that maybe Barovero's case is different because he he has his he had his mind made up a while ago. But it, it's it's been a problem for River in the in the past couple of years uh, with important uh, players that don't freeze. Boche, who's at news, but he will go to Torino when his loan finishes. I think that's it good piece of business for River full yes. stop though if you can get Boche off the, the payroll uh, yes, but I mean that even if free. River have to pay them to take him <laughs> yeah that would yeah, mean for River to pay perhaps uh, the, the plane tickets but uh, yeah I don't know I, I'm not following the case as, uh, as closely as probably you, you guys are but uh, it, it's strange to me for for a club that has uh, had some success in the past years to to not be able to to sell their the players mm. and to retain their players. I don't know why they they don't want to sign a new contract and then be to be sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. uh, like for example, uh, Augusto Solari did. He he renewed his contract and gone gone on loan to Estudiantes. He mm-hmm. didn't wasn't as a free agent and, and exactly. And, yes. They sometimes maybe in the in, while negotiating their new contract, they maybe have a clause to get a percentage of the future transfer fee. So that's how they they keep them in the club. But I mean, it, it it's weird for me that some important players uh, for River have have not left any money to the club. But after that, there, well, there are problems. Well, only did. I've I've just googled it, and uh, it has again trying to speak translate from Spanish into English here as I read. But uh, it says that this piece is from January, um, and it says that off the record, it it's been uh, reported that uh, the ex Newell's player, that's Vangioni, um, is going to see out his contract until June. And then and and will um, uh, basically play the last year of his contract, uh, which was owed to him by River. He'll he'll write that off, uh, and also the prize money that he got as his share of the um, uh, participation money for the the Club World Cup in Japan. He's donated it to River's foundation, um, and he will only be uh, asking to, uh, to 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 be paid the money for the six months that were left between. January and June um, in return for leaving on free. So River have got something out of it, as, as Andres correctly guessed a couple yeah, right of years ago, they owed some money to him and, and that's been written off. Um, but yeah, it's a problem that a lot of Argentine clubs have. It's a problem that any South American club, and particularly Argentine clubs, have who win the Libertadores and then subsequently see a big exodus of players because suddenly everybody's interested. Because um, the middle, And I agree, I agree that, that it could have been better dealt with. Um, but it's a, a constant struggle. I think you could. 
Pretty they did cash in on Funes Mori, for example. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean... But uh, Everton paid what was the clause, the rescission clause, at 8 million that River could have lost for 20, uh, 12 million, for example, yeah, in order was of the level he was playing. But mm. the, the clause was that, and, and it was like... Yeah, but I mean, I, I would never criticize River for getting 8 million for a defender, uh, even as good as Funes Mori. But, uh, I mean, at least... I mean, you could argue that they should have gotten more. Okay, but at least they got 8 million. Yes, but uh, it was... They're bad. getting nothing from, from for other important the, players. The problem there is that, for example, and I, I, I mentioned that last episode, that uh, there is Juanchope Avila, there is Gustavo Bow, there is, an, an, I think, I know, a, a player I forgot now, that they want more money and they are, and when they are... What they are? Yeah, I mean... They receive a promise to be sold and they don't, they aren't sold and then they say... The, the, board, the board said, the president said that he would sell me and he didn't and now they have to pay me more money and there is a conflict there. Yeah, obviously it's not an easy situation. The players doesn't, they, they don't help also because when they, they know that the, the, the country is not in a good economical situation and they ask for, I don't know how much, but it should be more, a, a lot of money for Argentinian economy. Of course, they, they can go to Mexico, for example. I see one Chopavilla, if he's in Boca, Going to Mexico, going to, at least will, not for that price tag, yeah. And, and he will earn two uh, million dollars per per year, and it will be perfect for him. But in Argentina, you can't ask for that money, no. mm. uh, because that's why contracts are, are broken or they aren't renewed and they go for free. Because they, it, they it, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, they shouldn't contract players to, to amounts they can't afford. So, no, but it shouldn't, I, it shouldn't be, but it. It is, and not it just is. in Argentina as well. I mean, obviously, obviously, but yeah, I agree with you that that's the case in in, in some players. Mm-hmm. If they got their contract renewed, they want they will, of course, they they they, they will want to to earn more money than they. Yeah, they, 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 what they they think they they are owed and they deserve. I mean, I deserve. Roger Martinez, I I know I remember remember. Roger Martinez was running twenty uh, thousand pesos a month on Racing. Well, it's that's like. Uh, is that all? Is that all? Yeah, that's like a thousand pounds a month for starting an average in paid office job. Here, yeah. yeah, yeah, wow. He's earning he's he's less than he earned in in Aldo Civi because he had a. Of course, yeah, we talked about that. That's you, right. find, you find you find out twenty thousand a month. Twenty thousand after tax, I see. Yes. Still, still. I mean. are, they, are they paying his medical insurance? <laughs> what medical plans? Does he, he have dental? Yeah. Well, you uh, know you know this, and you then you understand why they why go for free. Exactly. Yeah. In that case, I, I do agree. And it was reported, I, you mentioned Bo a, a bit earlier, that he, he had some trouble in the, in the past, in, in the summer. He was earning half what Pavone was earning at Racing at the moment. So that's uh, funny. <laughs> Age is the big earner, I think, in Argentina. Yeah. The older yeah. you are, and also if you've played abroad at all, immediately you can come back and ask for Pavone who's now uh, a striker for America de Cali mm. in Colombia's second division. Of course, these goals. Or, uh, that's Farias, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe that. Another old Argentine player. Of course, they Farias is in America, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Pavone is. Uh, is in let's, let's Google Mariano Pavone and see where He's still here. Yeah, I mean, he's been linked to Boca as well. I think he's Who in hasn't? Pavone is. Oh, he's in Velas. He's in Velas, yeah. Wikipedia says. Yeah, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, I, I mix, I mix <laughs> him up with Farias. Yeah. This is embarrassing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, 30 teams, I mean. It's very difficult. We apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mariano Pavone is still in Argentina, but is indisputably uh, not as important. And and even when he was at Racing, was not as important for Racing as Gustavo Ball was. No. So yeah. 
Yikes. Um, elsewhere at the weekend, I missed Atletico Tucumán versus San Martín. It was played on a Friday, and I always go out for a drink on Friday evening, so didn't see that one, and then got back and saw the scoreline and thought, bugger. Um, all of the goals came quite late, though. Or rather, not all of them. Luis Andente scored a penalty after 25 minutes for San Martín, but it was still 1-0 to San Martín um, with 20 minutes to go, and the other goals all came in the last 18 minutes of the match, so... Looks like I missed a bit of a thriller. Um, but anyway, Independiente's win over Arsenal was fairly pedestrian. Very good free kick from Drupi Gomez once He's again. Used to score that kind of, of free kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he used At to be. Kilmes, the, the he one. had a couple as well. And Kilmes and Argentinos, where he was the only bright spark, really. Um, Argentinos Lanús, we've already talked about, and the other relegation um, battling matches. Central against Kilmes, 1 1 full-time score was I think the definition of a game of two halves the first half was almost unwatchable um, and the second half was rather good I thought I couldn't catch it it was, it was much better it was obviously Central's reserves because of the, the Libertadores um, commitments that they've got but I was uh, pleasantly surprised by it after the break and then beyond that the two games on Monday I didn't catch and I can't remember why um, Kilmes, so sorry Kilmes, uh, we have mentioned about their situation but they have been 10 days or 9 or 10 days with no training session. Oh yeah, they're, they're on strike, aren't they? Through they are still, wages. Yeah. Uh, and we will get on to the, the problem, obviously, well, in a way we've already started it with, with the uh, economic discussion a couple of minutes ago. Um, but we will come back to Kilmes' strike and the underlying issues around it and the discussions that are going on at the AFA as a way of potentially uh, heading off it and every other club having massive financial problems. Um, as soon as this music ends. Political section of this this week's underpod. Um, we discussed last week. What did we discuss last week? In fact, on the second bit, we discussed the economy um, of Argentine yeah. clubs, and we discussed some of why the AFA are umming and ahhing over a new league structure. And there's been more umming and ahhing in the last few days. Um, and now I'm doing it as well. On Tuesday evening, which was last night, because we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, they held a meeting at Ecesa, the basically the, the, the majority, at least, I think it was the majority, or was it all, of the AFA's executive board. Um, the, the clubs from the Ascenso, which is the lower divisions, and Independiente, uh, led by Hugo Moshano, who is the, uh, the main um, trade union leader in Argentina, which in Argentina is a very powerful political position, much more so than it is in the UK, or certainly than the United States. Um, and they finally in agreement. Finally, they were the the Ascenso board member team board members were at the meeting because on Monday they weren't. They threatened to. They didn't want to, to 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 reach the quorum quorum to to to, to the meet, for the meeting. Uh, uh, and uh, Donofrio, Angelisi, and 
That means they they managed to 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 resign. They did resign at first. They, oh, they right. resigned their positions and then they reverted that decision because to they be clear, they resigned their positions on the AFA board, exactly, not yes. of their own clubs. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. The AFA board, and it will mean that AFA will will will, will be with no no representation, no yeah. from the no members. Yeah, three of the is first vice president. And Khaleesi is second vice president. Lamens Lamens is, is secretary general or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and potentially, uh, you would think if Tidani wins the presidency in a few months' time, that Lamens is a potential first vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the meeting happened. Come on. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't agree to anything yet. I mean, the, the underlying discussion is the, the big clubs in Argentina want more money. That's, that's the main reason. Mm. So they are threatening to, or they are planning to form a, a super league or a different league that should be independent from AFA the same way the Premier League is independent, independent from the FA. Or the, 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 the Premier League isn't independent from the FA. Uh, if it was, then Premier League players would n- be able to Not entirely independent, it's, but I mean... The, the, the FA the, hold a, a share in it and, it, and it's... Uh, has a controlling vote on the board. Some of the the confusion spread, of course, because the Football League in England is a separate entity from the FA. The Premier League is independent from the Football League, um, and uh, but, but the FA still has some input. Um, they saw a presentation I heard from Javier Tebas, who is the president of the Spanish Football League, um, and everybody thought, yes, this is, or at least the, the presidents of the big clubs thought, this is how we want to divide up our television money, the Spanish way. And as I said to a couple of Argentine journalists on Twitter yesterday, when you're looking at a statement like that and thinking, it'd be fairer if they did it the way the English Premier League does it, there's a problem. When, when something is less unequal than, than the way the Premier League does things, um, you have major problems. And they were apparently, obviously the big clubs are in favour of a model. Um, which in Spain has, has seen Barcelona and Real Madrid carve up the entire thing between them with Atletico getting a big bump for the season that's coming but still having the lion's share of everything concentrated in those three clubs um, it's not difficult to see why the big five like the sound of that and there's been a lot of talk from fans of the big five from even fans of, of other clubs in some cases saying oh they're the ones that bring the money to the table they're the ones everyone's interested in watching blah 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 which I think is, is tremendously short-sighted because if you've got a really uncompetitive league why is anybody going to want to continue watching it, um, even in Argentina? I mean, it's well, it's, it's a good argument. I, I, I do agree that a competitive league makes sense, uh, both in a in a sporting uh, from a sporting perspective. But the thing is, the league's been competitive for the last it few has decades. Been. It has and, been competitive, and, and yet Bigger River and Boca remain indisputably the two biggest clubs, the the, the best. Money makers in the country, and blah. I mean, but they are that's not, not been affected. But their, their position in the game. I think there there are yeah. some irregularities uh, historically from Afra from the Grandona ages that I mean, uh, both from uh, a very small club in the in the interior that maybe draws a couple hundred people every weekend has the same way mm-hmm. in in a decision as Boca River. That's that's unfair. Uh, any any way you put it, yeah, I think so because the way that the system was designed to, I mean, it was designed that way because Grandona for Grandona it was much much easier to buy boats from that kind of clubs than from a Boca River club. But also, it's not the first time that something like this happened in 1931, which it was the beginning of the professional era. The real coup there was essentially the creation of the Big Five. Mm-hmm. Who had a, a, who three have, times away exactly. the, the, the rest of the club. That's but, not but fair either. X capacity of stadium, X number of, of paid up monthly members, 
and have won at least, I think it had to be at least one um, league title. It might have been X number of titles in leagues in and, the cups amateur and, era. and friendly tournaments and stuff during the amateur era. Uh, were given, as you say, three votes, I think it was, or two or three votes. Uh, three votes and one to the rest of the league. Um, I mean, that's not fair. And all the, uh, I mean, the, the tier goes that all the the time they voted, uh, the, the the results were 15 to 13, 15 mm-hmm. being the, the five grandest, agreeing with three votes each, sure. beating the rest of the league. Yeah. So that's not fair either. I, I, I do agree with that. But uh, I think it's obvious that clubs such as Boca River has uh, or, and should have a bigger... But they do, uh, as we said. Boca and River have the, the first and second vice presidents at the moment. Yeah, but not on the rule. Yeah, but the second vice president used to be the, the president from Barraca Central, who is a team who is in the third division and is not important. Is that not football. a good count? Okay, I mean, obviously, uh, I, I realise that I'm on the verge of defending Rondona here, and God forbid that happened. None of us are fans of Rondona here, but would, that could be seen as a good counterbalance against the big clubs taking too big a slice of the pie, couldn't it? I think you you have to put that in the balance and, and not give too much power to the bigger clubs, but uh, I think uh, it's an ex- the democratization of football that way. Uh, that, that was an excuse made up to control the smaller the, the AFA by buying the boats from the smaller clubs. What I think is that if you get the thing professional, like some people want to uh, not to make it the way it is right now, and and to make more money, well, uh, it is said that. Uh, uh, the Superliga clubs or the first division clubs will receive 80% of the money earned and I think that well why not 70 and 20 at least but it's very big difference yeah, I, mean, big I think difference. the number is debatable and I think uh, I mean what, what Andres is mentioning that uh, another point that has mentioned nowadays the AFA is run by uh, dirigentes I mean officials chosen by uh, the members of each of the clubs mm-hmm. who are not professionals so they should do this for free we all know that's not the yeah. case. Diana they do. is a lawyer and a casino owner. Rodolfo D'Onofrio was a very high-powered and high-earning businessman. Sure. And, neither of them and they use they use their political the positions inside AFA to, uh, I mean, to steal money and to yeah. defraud the, the, the a, 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 a supposedly non-profit organizations such allegedly, as AFA. Allegedly, allegedly, in case their lawyers are listening but, to this. But exactly, and, and all of them have been indicted for the for the past frauds. And then Comebol has been the, the most. Uh, uh, the, the Except Tinelli is the the president because he's a, a of course well known media. A, a but he also plays a political game and, and it's enough to to cement his political position in the country as as, as he has the, the current president Macri who started in the in Bo- as a Boca president. And his political position. Career. I mean, Tinelli has enormous exactly. contacts within the media. If Tinelli becomes AFA president, that has a potentially huge effect on the next television deal. Exactly because he's more likely to give it to his mates than. So I mean, I think it's it's to to discuss only the sporting matter of this of this aspect is is I mean it's, it's short sighted. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the questions that has been brought up in this in this argument is that they want to pay and, and professionalize the way the the Superliga will be run. So uh, members will be chosen by the board, and they will have to meet objectives, and they will be sacked if they don't, and they will be compensated for the for the position. I think as I think they should. I mean, I, I think it's unrealistic to ask for uh, members who do this for free and uh, only do it as uh, I don't know as a benefit cost. Uh, they use that 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 position to defraud the the the, the AFA and, uh, and and cement their their economic and political positions. So in in that case, I do agree with that the professionalization argument of the yeah. of this discussion. I think there's definitely an argument 
uh, I, I would agree with that for, for having somebody independent of clubs who draws a salary to run the league um, without a shadow of a doubt uh, and, and the other part with, which Andres was mentioning was the, I mean it has been mentioned that 80% of the television money would go to the Superliga clubs and it has not yet been re uh, disclosed uh, how that money would be shared among the, the, the squads I think they have mentioned that maybe uh, it would be based on merit history and uh, the they, they're going to come up with a load of ways to say River and Boca get 30% of it each and then yeah, I mean, they, they, the they, the I so think the, like the last thing I read they were going to do a model similar to the Premier League which a, a, a base amount to all clubs then another pers wow. another part of the pot uh, given on the past position from the past league and then yes the historic and members and blah 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 a, a diplomatic way of saying Boca River and the fact that they could yeah. get more that actually sounds not like how the Premier League's doing it from next season onwards but uh We'll brush that under the carpet. I mean, <laughs> the, the percentages are, are, are to be discussed, but... Well, uh, everything that is being said, then at the other day, it's the day after, it's, it's, uh, it's back. It's go back to the, the, the previous position. So it's impossible to preview, to have a... a, a, a yeah, to try to guess what's going to happen in the future. Yes. And mostly, I mean, the, 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 the big clubs want to earn more of, uh, of the share of the television money and not be at the mercy of AFA's goodwill uh, to condone their debts. And in the uh, middle, there is organization problems which make... Oh, they, they are discussing about who will receive more money, how many money there, there will be, and they still don't know how they will sell the, the, the rights for the uh, foreign broadcasters because it's all packaged into one yes. thing right and they don't know how they, they're going to sell the rights um, for domestic broadcasters either for next season yet because nobody part of the reason is that nobody knows what they're buying uh, they've not decided on the branding whether it's going to be the Superliga or whether it's going to continue to be the Primera División uh, of the Argentine Football Association as it has been since 1891 um, they've not decided on the format of the championship they haven't decided whether at the end of that championship they're going to relegate one team or four teams or ten teams and how many they're going to promote from the second division uh, they've not decided whether it's going to be the similar uh, similar to the, the 2015 first division say where everybody plays everybody else once and you have the classicals twice so that we end up with everybody playing 30 teams and 15 matches sorry 30 games 15 matches per weekend or whether they're going to do it in a like I don't know a long season format of what we've just had with two groups of 15 and maybe everybody playing everybody else home and away with the classicals added in as well or something like that um, we don't have any idea what we're going to be looking at come August when the new season kicks off well it's supposed to kick off in August and that has to affect things as well right I mean first of all there's very little interest in Argentine football outside Argentina And, and like, I know this. I've been running an English language podcast on Argentine football for the last five and a half years, and nobody listens to it. I, I, I'm very grateful. As far as I, I heard, first, uh, Turner, Turner Broadcasting, the, yeah. the American company, said it's okay to create the AFA TV or the channel, uh, but they still don't, own, don't, they aren't the owners of anything, and they, said they, are, they are giving their opinion of, uh, about creating a, a channel that will, of course, bring money. Mm. And apart from that, I heard that the streaming of the of the uh, of the yeah. matches via YouTube or, or, or other services 
wouldn't be available for foreign. No, of course not. No. Yeah, for political um, reasons, I mean, they, they one of the conditions for the for the next owner of the broadcasting rights will be to keep it free for the plot for the for the public in open television at least until 2019. Yes, because that's how long the original football paradox, sorry, the the renewed football paradox contract would have run to. Um, if the government could find a way of making it pay for itself still, which which they can't, and the new government is all about making people and, and businesses and so on pay for themselves. I would like to clarify, after what I said a minute ago, uh, that I was about to say that uh, I love all of you who do listen to the podcast, but the truth is that the audience for this podcast, which I'm going to take as one very, very small indicator of the amount of interest, remains pretty much the same as it was about five years ago. Um, so the, the, the amount of... of of interest in this is maybe Argentines in the exterior in, in, in the rest of the world as you would say in English um, and the crazy for football sort of 700 to 1200 ish people who depending on how long the episode is and what the topics are listen to Under Pod each week and beyond those I'm struggling to identify where the market is for a foreign broadcaster to start showing stuff uh, obviously you have Teisei International in the United States and, uh, uh, and in the rest of, uh, of Latin America for that matter and a few other places who have historically had the rights at some point or another but Turner are offering you know, a, a, wanting to get into Argentina right because that's basically what they want to do I'm assuming they know Tinelli or somebody like him um, and they can identify a way of making money from Argentina and they're going to do it through football because That's as good a way as any to get into Argentine broadcasting if you want a guaranteed oh, share of, of the audience. Or a barbecue. And they're, they're trying to buy, um, is it Telefe? Yeah. They're trying to buy? Yeah. So they're trying to buy Telefe, who for the uh, listeners outside Argentina who've never been to Argentina, are the channel who are currently broadcasting most of the um, Racing and Independiente matches, I think. Yes, they're one of the two big uh, channels uh, here, owned um, by Telefónica. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Spanish uh, company, the, the, the people who have a very high chance of owning your mobile phone carrier if you're an uh, owner of a mobile phone in Europe. Um, and so it's all about who's going to make the money, but also who's going to pay the money if they don't know what they're buying, because Nobody's. it could be one price for a ridiculous 30-team championship that's less competitive than previous leagues were, maybe, Um And that they're not sure how many, how what the relegation battle situation is going to be towards the end of the year, for instance, or anything like that. And it could very well be another prize and if it's when a the matches are going to play. Twenty eighteen team championship where everybody can beat everybody else and so on. When the matches are going to play, if the times will be respected, and because the the away right. well, fans are coming and, back, and when those kickoff times are going to be decided, yeah. you sell, you want to sell a product, and you say the customer, okay, we don't know how the product will be, but you do what. Do you want to buy it? Come on. Yes. People must must buy something that is for sure, that is clear how it's going to be, not something that, well, we don't know how it's going to be, but you, you, you buy it. Buy it anyway, yeah. That's one comparison where, as I say, much of the Superliga talk, Superliga, sorry, I'll say it properly in Spanish, um, much of the talk around that in Argentina has been around comparing it with the Spanish league, just as much of the talk about the Copa Argentina, um, which we're watching at the moment, is comparing it with the Copa del Rey. It's saying it's Argentina's version of the Copa del Rey, as if that was a thing that anybody ever said. Um, ignoring the fact that, obviously, that, that there's well, there are two leagues in the world, the, the English and Dutch 
that are older than the Argentine league, and there's one um, very obvious domestic cup comparison that they could make for the Copa Argentina, particularly as none of the matches in the Copa Argentina are two-legged. Um, and they choose not to, presumably because it would mean comparing them with England, I don't know, I'm guessing. Um, when because the, the board members here that they don't speak English. And, and yeah, they, well, they must, they must possi possibly that, that's true. Um, but when the, the one comparison here that we're getting into when you talk about who's, who's going to be paying the money for the TV, when the kickoff times are going to be decided, actually it would be with England because the one thing that you do see people very frequently saying here, journalists particularly on Twitter, Uh, and, and some, um, let's say, more internationally minded Argentine football fans making the point that in England, you at least know what time, like in late July, early August, whenever it's the fixtures come out, you know what time your team are going to be kicking off and on which day in mid-April. Um, and sometimes, of course, matches get moved around for television or whatnot, but by and large, that helps to plan travel to away games, Weddings, funerals, <laughs> birthday parties, all that do, kind of do stuff. Do you plan a funeral, Sam? Well, That's sometimes. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Some, some people you have, don't surprise me. You have barra, barra issues here. And of course, you have barra issues. You, planning away trips at the moment isn't an issue at all for Argentine fans because they're not going to be allowed in. Um, and so nobody bothers with it. But it would be... I'm not necessarily saying let's plan the entire season out based on what Rupert Murdoch wants to happen. Um, the owner of Sky Sports for the benefit of the two people in the studio with me at the moment um, that's not a good thing but equally having getting to the point where we're at on like sometimes I think this weekend's fixtures the kickoff times were announced yesterday afternoon uh, getting to the point where I occasionally help out tourists who, who want to come to Buenos Aires and, and, have, and, and go to a game and they're writing to me and saying so I'm going to be in Buenos Aires in two weeks time a week and a half's time um, I'm coming over from Montevideo, I'm going on to Mendoza afterwards uh, to do wine tours and stuff, so we're only going to have a couple of days in Buenos Aires, and I'd like to get to a game, what would you say are my options in the city from the matches that are going to be taking place on Friday and Saturday next week? We have no and idea. I have to respond, well, I don't know, because we don't know which matches are going to be taking place on Friday or Saturday next week. The only thing I can tell you with some degree of certainty is that probably River and Boca are going to be playing on the Sunday, most of the time, but that doesn't always happen either. But that um, means less money. Why, why, why can't they schedule a couple of months in advance at least? I mean, would that be so hard? Apparently, yes. That means less money in, and, and less oh, yeah. income. Because uh, people that say, I will go in July, we are in May, uh, and we're going to, to watch a match. Uh, oh, there isn't a schedule where I don't go. I, I won't go there then. But if there is a schedule, perhaps they can come to Argentina and watch a, a match because they know for sure. Oh, sorry, you mean it's less money the way it's happened yes. at the moment? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and, and equally for the fans as well. For, for the clubs who are paying members, the fans would find it. I mean, I'm guessing, as I say, River and Boca, 80, 85% of the time play them at, both of them play on Sunday. So if you're a socio at River or Boca, you don't really have to worry about organizing in advance for your weekend. If you're getting married, let's say, and you don't want it to clash with a river game, then you pretty much can go, well, let's not do it on a Sunday. And you're probably going to be okay, right? And another problem is that... that it would be nice for fans of the other clubs to be able to do that as well, wouldn't it? Um, Arsenal de Sarandí fans, although there aren't many of them, or Argentinos fans, or whoever, it'd be lovely for them to be able to go, yeah, okay, let's, let's get married on this day. Because Arsenal plays on a Monday at 3 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, surely this is worth trying. And tickets are allowed for members and not for neutral people. 
So uh, perhaps the tourist has to buy a, a, a ticket with a, a, a enormous price because it's a reseller. Yeah, I mean, well, then you're getting into the Barra Brava and so on when you're getting into why the ticket prices for tourists are so Yeah, enormous. there's but a lot of, obviously, yeah. of issues that make our league a not a normal league and not the first world league, which obviously, I mean, as you said, not, not much interest is coming from the south of Argentina. Mm. This is obviously one of the reasons. I mean, it's not a normal league in any, in any sense of the way. No, the, really. the small interest we still manage to have is because we still somehow produce uh, talent that fits... You have the, to win credit, and perhaps the one, once you are serious and you, are, uh, uh, you have a, a time that you are uh, organizing things okay in a good way, perhaps... Uh, people outside, oh yeah, and, and, and football is good, and the, the, the matches are good. Exactly, because we, we still have the most important uh, aspect of it all, that is we have good players, and we continue to produce young players, and that will continue to happen for the foreseeable future at least. So, so uh, even here, if you talk to people who coach young players, you hear the same complaints that you hear in Europe and, and, and elsewhere, that the importance is being placed on big physical players, I mean, to a foreigner who's looking at the players coming out of Argentina, particularly the attacking players, this sounds laughable. It is. And yet, coaches inside Argentina are having exactly the same... I mean, it, it's a um, tendency, and I do agree. So there's a danger, perhaps. Uh, and I, I think that even that could... Something can be adjusted to, to, to encourage... To make sure that that doesn't go away. I say. think it will never go away. It, because there's... There is a tendency in the Argentine League to be very, very physical. Um, a couple of changes to refereeing directives to allow fewer oh. leg-breaking challenges, for instance, or, or borderline dangerous challenges and, and so on, to allow people to kick opponents in the midfield a bit less, might just open up the game and make for a more attractive game, partly so that we've got as many talented players coming through in, in attacking positions and forward-looking positions as before, Partly so that we don't get a situation where, for instance, Ramiro Funet Mori wins a Copa Libertadores in South America, wins an, a league championship with River down here, um, and barely has a red card to his name, and yet when he goes to his European club, I'm, forced, I, I'm asked about him and, and, and forced to write, well, you know, once he hasn't got the protection from the referees anymore, I don't know, like, he, potentially he's going to take a couple of months to sort out discipline wise with violent challenges and that kind of stuff, because you can get away with that in Argentina and not elsewhere. Partly for those reasons. And partly because I think if you had refereeing that that allowed that cracked down more on that stuff, the result, admittedly, in the first few months, possibly even the first couple of years, would be an enormous number of red cards. Yeah, but after a while, once teams get used to it, it would be the, the result would be a, a better standard of football, or at least a more watchable standard of football all round. And you'd have a situation where, at the moment the match in Argentine football that everybody around the world is interested in watching is River Boca Boca River whichever way around you want to say it to the glances fellow as well and it's frequently awful oh. and atrocious because it's just two teams of 11 people kicking each other until this one of them gets sent off and one team of 11 against one team of 10 they're unwatchable if you have different refereeing where violent challenges are not allowed then perhaps you end up with Super Classicos that are actually watchable again. And then more people get interested in the Super Classico, and maybe after a while more people get in, think, well, River Boca was good. I wonder what River Racing is like, or Racing Independiente, or even non Classicos and things like this. And maybe that then it starts to get more. And it's River and Boca because I have an anecdote which is only one anecdote. So it doesn't mean that everyone at Europe 
things like that. But uh, when I worked with Mariano at mm -hmm. the at the bookmaker, uh, they were creation, and they asked asked us for a scarf of our team, and I said I am a river fan and I will send you a river place scarf. Mariano was of course San Lorenzo fan, a supporter, and said, oh, okay, I will send you a San Lorenzo <coughs> scarf. And when the re their reaction when they heard river was, oh river, yeah, great. Oh, San Lorenzo, okay. Yeah. What's like that? Yeah, obviously, Boca and River are the the, the best known clubs from yeah. from outside of Argentina. But that's a fact. Um, but we do have to acknowledge, even as Boca and River fans here in the, in this table, uh, we need the rest of the league to make it competitive and an interesting exactly. league. I mean, if it was up to the AFA, particularly in, in Julio Mornona's time at, at times, I, I, I thought it was sort of seemed to be the case if he could have found a way of making the Primera División River and Boca and having them play each other 20 times over the course of a season and whoever wins 11 of those 20 matches gets crowned the champion that would be ideal for the because that way you can sell 20 Super Classicos a year I'm not so sure I agree with that I, I think it would for some reasons I'm exaggerating obviously for comic effect but it felt like that at times I mean the whole thing with the 30 team Everybody plays everybody else once, but we have yeah, to have another awful. classic. Yeah. The, the last that, years are not a good example. That's not because he's interested in having two Racing Independientes or two San Lorenzo or Can. It's because they need two Super Classicos to I, be able to sell anything at all to international teams. I do agree with that to a certain extent for the last years and the Torneo Trent and this last transition mm -hmm. tournament and whatever. But under Grondona, in the past maybe 20 years, there has been a lot of, of, of a number of, of smaller clubs winning championships and being competitive and oh, yeah. and, and making, I mean, Independiente and River were relegated for the first time. So I, I entirely agree with that. I think he did it for selfish reasons and because he wanted to stay in power because of votes from smaller clubs. Mm. Uh, but I think that resulted in smaller clubs being competitive and, and winning championships. A lot of them for the first time in and the past 10, 15 years. And that's an interesting counter-argument, and I will say, partly as a result of that, that uh, to close out this section, we're now going to play some music and, and, and go to listeners' questions in a second, um, but if we have any pol politics students listening who are interested in Argentine politics and Argentine football and are thinking of something to write, you could write about the parallels between Peronism and Grondonism. Um, when Grondona took charge of, of, of the AFA, and just look at how Peron let's say, spread out his power base by giving power to the unions and to the little men and, and the workers and so on, and how Grondona did very similar thing in many ways over 30-odd years in power um, at the AFA. It's interesting uh, parallels to be drawn, I think, and, and uh, in with the, the whole Caudichon and uh, uh, individual leadership issues that Argentina has, let's say the daddy issues in some ways that Argentina as a country has at times. Um, here is some theme music, and we'll be back right away with some questions. questions. First of all, we have a comment from Phil from last week, Phil Carney, who says, just listened ahead of Argentinos Lanús. It's taken a while, but I enjoyed hearing a full Lanús segment. More to come, hopefully. Certainly will be if you win the title, Phil. Uh, but glad that you enjoyed it. Um, 
Chuck Sherman writes in saying with brackets Sir Julian Speroni breaking the Crystal Palace goalkeeping appearance record on Sunday and set to appear at some stage in the FA Cup final does the average Argentine football fan even know that such a legend exists in South London? I'm going to pass that over to two admittedly slightly above average Argentine football fans. Yeah, I do know him and I, I do know he owns a restaurant in London as well. Mm, did you know that fact? I'd heard that, yes. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure which one it is. Yeah, it's, it's called Speranis. One of, I'm guessing it's one of the Argentine steak restaurants in London. I've been to a couple I, of the others. I would guess so. So, yes, I do know about him. And I, I, I read about it, I don't know if it's true, but he earned his position in the, uh, in, as a Crystal Palace keeper. Uh, or, or was he, he? I think he, he played in Scotland before. Uh, I'm not so sure about this. But I do, I'm quite sure uh, one a trivia about him is that he, he, made, he played in the Ascenso here and he brought a BCR with him when he traveled to Europe uh, with one of uh, a highlight of his uh, of his matches to, to earn his spot <laughs> in, in her first club in like an agent he played yeah. for Platense mm-hmm. from 1997 until 2001 and then as you say he went to Scotland he was playing for Dundee for exactly. 2001 to 2004 I think it was at Dundee he, he earned his spot at Dundee because he had a BCR of uh, his <laughs> highlight reel so yeah well um Andres? Oh, uh-huh. I haven't followed him very much. I am sorry about that, but... He yeah. once uh, introduced an episode of Hand of Pod. He did? He did. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, thanks, uh, thanks to um, our regular listener and mirror journalist now, although I think he was a freelancer back then, uh, Ed Malian, um, who met him after a match at Old Trafford. Oh, in fact, Ed was a, a student at the time uh, because he was studying in Manchester and he met him after a match at Old Trafford and got him to... Can I ask you for that? I want to hear it. I can't remember which episode it was, but one of the early-ish ones uh, is uh, Julian Speroni is, is in it calling himself Julian because of course he's talking in English um, he's in it and he introduces Hunter Pop is he the most him. capped Argentinian in England? probably right uh, uh, not capped I mean the the most appearances. appearances I have no idea how many appearances how many has it got his Wikipedia oh hang on his Wikipedia page in Spanish doesn't say much but in English Timor Surprise, surprise. Maybe, but I, I'd say it's been only... He they count has his... played 359 matches yeah. for... Oh, no, sorry, 388 matches in all competitions for Palace. Um, I don't know how many Osweldo and Nines has got on Ricky Visha, but let's have a look. Yeah, but that's I mean, like they're, 10 they're years. The most obvious... Um, now, no way Ardiles played 10 years in Tottenham. Uh, I don't know. Let's have a look. I'm trying to think of anybody else at all. No, I, I was thinking of Verón, but no way he played so, 10 years in United. Andiles had... Ooh. No, okay, I think Speroni might have that, because Andiles played uh, 221 games for Tottenham, uh, 5 for Blackburn, 8 for QPR, and 2 for Swindon. So... Yeah. Less than 13. So Speroni might very well be, in fact. We'll have to look into that properly when we have more time. Uh, TJ Turney says, How do you think that the problem of clubs being in severe debt with the AFA, which of course we talked about in some depth last week, um, will continue to be handled? It will continue to not be handled, I think is, is my answer. The AFA don't seem too bothered in getting that money back at any time. The, the reason we discussed it last week was that there was a La Nacion report on the amount of debt that was that was happening but I don't think there's any real talk about the AFA being in any real rush to get the cash back is there for this uh, 100 
million pesos that they're owed or, or 1,000 million or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Independiente owe 100 million. Uh, it's a thousand. Yeah, we have. Talk, we, we we talked about that last last time. Nine hundred eighty-five million pesos was it? Yeah. In, in total. Um, and he also says predictions for the two Argentine teams still in the Copa Libertadores. I think it's, hard. it's. I mean, both of the ties are kind of on a knife edge. I certainly make Boca favourites to go through on Thursday against Nacional, but if Nacional get an early goal to cancel out Boca's away goal from the first leg. Then it's it's a split decision. I, I would also optimistically agree with you. Uh, if Nacional edge out, it wouldn't be a surprise, though. Yeah. But what I believe is that uh, if Boca advances and, and Rosario Central doesn't, Boca will be the champions because if not, Independiente del Valle or Pumas will be the semi finalist. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying seriously, not a. I am not touching an uh, <laughs> I think it's fair to say, yeah, neither Independiente del Valle nor Pumas uh, um, have quite hit the same heights as some of the other teams in the competition. Central Nacional is on, especially with Central having won the first leg, but only by one goal and not having an away goal advantage yet, and the second leg being played um, at something of, of a high altitude situation in, in Medellin. On Thursday, to, to win um, or not to having, I would not like to make any predictions. To win or not to concede goals when you are a home condition, and then to the to to the second leg be played as a as in a away condition, that is good. But yeah. of course, not. A, I would also I make central favourites, but just barely. Exactly. I mean, I, I would say both ties are a little bit too close to call at the moment, mm -hmm. but. Boca are more favourites in their tie than Central are in theirs. Nacional and Nacional from Uruguay yeah. are have been very good uh, away from home this this Copa Libertadores. Yeah. Oh no, I mean they did eliminate Corinthians Central away have been and far the biggest challenge they've had so far. Yeah. Um, and two, two very tough matches and also the San Pablo um, ah, I forgot the name, Mineiro Mineiro clash yes. uh, is, is an interesting yeah. one as well. How is um, Mineiro Atlético? Because I, I, I read the discussion. It's Atlético Mineiro. Oh, okay. we, we, I had a mention, uh, Andres is referring to a discussion I had on, on Twitter with Tim Vickery a couple of hours ago, in which Tim wrote to me asking why Argentine media keep on calling Atlético Mineiro Mineiro. Uh, it's because they don't know what to call them. We're talking about media who refer to Atlético de Rafaela as Rafaela all the time, even yes. though the club's name well, is no one Atletico. says Gimnasia de Grima de la Plata. They always say Gimnasia. They always say... Ah, but there's no de in that. It's Gimnasia Grima La Plata. Gymna Club de Gimnasia Grima La Plata. But in Spanish uh, there is de, and they say... No, there's no de. There's Gimnasia Grima La Plata. That's what I'm saying. Estudiantes de La Plata, but Gimnasia Grima La Plata. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because it's... I, I think it's also Gimnasia Grima Buenos Aires. Yeah. As opposed to de Buenos Aires. Um, and, yeah. La Plata is the name of the club, I guess. It's, it's a... Gymnastics and fencing club, but the name of the club is La Plata. I'm gonna no, but I, I meant so, uh, Arsenal de Sarandí. No one says Arsenal de Sarandí. No, but also it's not the official name of the club. Yeah. There, Arsenal. it's not Arsenal de Sarandí. It's Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, Arsenal. Without any. Sarandí. Uh, <laughs> club. And as Santi told us the first time he was on, uh, our former uh, panelist who is an Arsenal socio, they were founded as Arsenal. Uh, football, e, uh, cl uh, football e ajedrez club because oh, really? they're a football and chess club, which is why on their badge there is a rook. Oh, really? I so do remember you mentioning Santa Marina's uh, name, mm. which is 
Club y Biblioteca. Exacto. Quilmes Athletic Club, eh, Asociación Atlética Argentina Juniors. There are a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, a darle tu de Rafael, Asociación Mutual y Social. Social y Deportiva. Atlético de Rafaela, which is Mutual Social and Sporting Association, Atlético de Rafaela. So Atlético is the club Instituto name. Instituto Atlético Cordoba, I think. Yes. Instituto yeah, Atlético yeah. IAAC, isn't it? So it's yes. Instituto Atlético and Atlético and isn't something it, else. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. In Whatever. reply to Tim's tweet earlier, the answer is that Argentine commentators frequently can't even get their own club names right, so we can't expect them to get Brazilian ones right. But of course it is Atletico, and then the Mineiro is, uh, it can be MG, Minas Gerais, or whatever, but it's, it's to indicate the, like, which Atletico you're talking about, but it's, it's Atletico. Um, well, what I'm going to say, apart from that, is that, uh, apart, well, we were talking about the Argentine sides, the, the match they played here, Central and Atlético Nacional. Uh, Atlético Nacional was the first half was like playing in Colombia. They were they mm. only missed the goal because. Uh, But there was a fantastic save from Armani. Yes. A triple save. Triple yes. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the, the same, save of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Armani is one of the names who've been touted as a potential replacement for Barrovero mm -hmm. for River. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Alex Brown tweets in to ask who has been your player of the season to which I will reply uh, wait for next week's episode when the season's over and we'll ah, previous um, but uh, I no, would no, say no, Pepe Sand I would say Pepe Sand oh, what do you think I, if he gets injured this weekend it's not my fault I would be okay if we had to answer it right now I'd put in a vote I think for Gustavo Gomez the Lanús centre back linked to um, work as well yeah. because Lanús defence has been yeah very solid Even better than the attack has been, and both have been very impressive. Uh, there there are a lot, I think, but I will. Yeah, Brasan is like a fair tale story coming back again to yeah. Lanús, the club where he, he played his best years. I, I will go for Saluti. He's been good as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. If San Lorenzo end up winning the title, he, he could be. The play, the play he made against uh, Poncio the other day, the, the, fall, the, after, the previous round with the Buck Hill and the, and the neck nutmeg. He, he, he was excellent and a student and he's been very good at the San uh, Lorenzo as well. Yeah. Uh, Phil tweets in again to ask Is Hugo Moshano really the man to save Argentine football from a Super League? To which the answer is probably not, but he might end up being it anyway. Uh, Remy, uh, panelist, sometime panelist, says, What the fuck is going on at the AFA? I think we've. I oh, hope that we've already answered that question. Killian who was on last week, asks, how did Chimino, um, one of the Tempele players, manage to dance around with his Tempele teammates so soon after that horrific injury last weekend, once they secured safety? We're going to shrug uh, <laughs> universally to that one. We do not know. And finally, Luis Pessone tweets in to ask, does the Hunderpod panel agree that Central, regrettably in brackets, look very capable of winning the Copa Libertadores? Um... As I say, tomorrow's second leg is on a knife edge, but I said before the Central Nacional tie started um, that the, the, the team that came out of that was probably going to be the, the favourites for the semi-final stage onwards. They do of have course, the... we've got a big break after this. We've got The semi-finals are going to be played after the Copa America, so anything could change. They could lose players, they have, other teams could They will have players. a tough semi-final either against Boca or against the, the winner of San Pablo Mineiros, yes. Atletico Mineiros. Yeah, yeah. So they will have a tough semi-final no matter what. Indeed. 
Um, so it's all very much still to play for, but I mean, the only reason I'd be tempted to say that Central didn't have any chance at all is their previous pedigree in the competition, which is fairly small, but you know, that doesn't mean very much. Especially in South American football, and especially Central mm-hmm. so, so, so. will have Serbi for sure for the semi-finals if they advance. Like just apparently they will stay will at be, the Samba. Yeah. Yes, that, mm. so it's uh, uh, there are things like you Serbi said. Serbi is going to Benfica, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Lucchese to PSG, but uh, afterwards, after the yes. Europa. yeah, yeah, at the end of the year. Um, okay, I'm going to play some music now. And when we come back, we will have our final set of mystical predictions for this season, which have come from Alex Brown, who tweeted in one of the questions, so don't go away. Okay, we have a big weekend ahead of us. Many of these matches don't mean an awful lot, which is... A symptom of having 30 teams and 15 matches and not very many qualification or relegation spots. Uh, so it's the Apple's own fault, but here we go. Here are Alex, Alex's predictions um, for the weekend to come. I've just realised I forgot to count up how many um, last week's predictor got, so check the Handapod blog, handapod.wordpress.com, um, and the most recent post on that by the time this is online will detail how many that was. Um, Alex's predictions for the weekend to come are uh, Newell's old boys to get a home win against Atletico Tucumán, which would deny Atletico Tucumán a Copa Libertadores place. Then Sarsfield to get a home win against Patronato. Tigre versus Aldo Civi, he says a draw. Atletico de Rafaela against Argentinos Juniors, he's going for an Argentinos win. Arsenal against River is a draw. San Lorenzo against Banfield is a San Lorenzo victory. Belgrano against Rosario Central, he's going for a Central win. Boca Juniors versus Defensa Justicia, he says a Boca win. Gimnasia to beat Colón in La Plata. Um, Estudiantes to beat Union in Santa Fe. San Martín versus Godoy Cruz, a Godoy Cruz win. Of course, if both of those results happened combined with San Lorenzo, it would probably mean Godoy Cruz qualifying for the final. Um, well, that depends on how many goals are involved in both cases. Lanús to beat Huracán at home. Uh, he's going for Independiente to get an away win over Quilmes. Olimpo versus Sarmiento is a draw. And Racing against Tempele is a Racing win. So with those results, we would see a probable Godoy Cruz-Lanús final for the championship. We would see Estudiantes versus San Lorenzo for the other Copa Libertadores um, group or playoff place. And we would see... Uh, Sarmiento drawing and Argentinos winning would result in a playoff for the relegation spot. So oh, interesting. What do we think of these, uh, by and large, of, of these predictions? Chance? I agree with most of them. The Atletico Tucumán Nils would be a shocker. He's going for Nils win. And you can't see that happening. Why ever not? Because continue Niels, to, I mean, I realise why not, but continue to give some opinion whilst I try and count up how many... Uh, Niels have been there. very bad uh, recently, that's mainly my argument. And also, Adelito uh, have been quite good and they are still fighting for something, uh, while Niels are not, so that would uh, surprise me. Both of you keep talking among yourselves. I'm going to talk about... Uh, I'm going to count up last week's predictions very quickly so I can give you a, a total. 
We did not talk about Osvaldo on this episode. Oh, we didn't, oh. did we? Talk about Osvaldo. Tell us what happened with Daniel Osvaldo. What happened with Daniel Osvaldo? Osvaldo was coming back from an injury, from a two, three month injury in his foot. Uh, he had a fracture. He played his first five minutes of uh, after the the injury coming from the bench against Nacional. And it has been reported. This is all allegedly that after I mean after the game ended, he he rushed to the dressing grounds without uh, waving at the crowd, which is a uh, custom here in South America. Uh, so that was a surprise. And then it is reported he has, he was found smoking in the floor. Uh, in the dressing room and uh, that was uh, he has had obviously some problems uh, with his uh, conduct before mm. so he's reportedly being released on a free uh, sometime next week Barros Esquilato was tired of him and and his bad example he set for the for his mates so it's likely it will be the end of Osvaldo's second spell at Boca and probably his last. He he will be paid until December, I think, and he will give that money back to the to the reserves or to the to the youth squads in yes. in Boca system. Right. Not that anybody at hand a pod would want to uh, would would ever want to say I told you so. <laughs> but, uh, More than English Dan, you'd say. We did predict exactly this when when mm. he signed. It, it does very nicely set up Osvaldo being signed for Boca again in January 2017, when Angelisi has completely forgotten what an asshole he was again. So I mean, it, it's it, he's obviously. I mean, even though I've defended him sometimes here in head of part and outside hand of part, I do agree with the decision. If if what's being reported is true, he's still a likable character. I mean, I would say he's. I think he's the only thing we watched person. because it was on TV is that he went rapidly to the dresser to the uh, dressing room yeah. dressing room uh, with no uh, saying hello, goodbye to the to the, to the rivals and, and to the people and uh, that I think that was uh, something bad from the reporter from the journalist saying are you are you glad he was with the face. Yeah, he spoke. He, he spoke ironically afterwards to yeah, the yes. press, saying, "Oh, I'm very happy for the five minutes I'm playing." So yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously not uh, the 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 most centered guy on earth. No. So uh, yeah. How do you feel about briefly, of course, Felix? Because uh, we're, we're close to the end of the the episode now, and I apologize for for not bringing it up sooner, but. Where does this leave Boca, who, let's say, are lacking a centre-forward, and Osvaldo was going to be this centre-forward when he came back for, obviously, the second leg of the, the Libertadores quarter-final tomorrow night and so on, and now, all of a sudden, he's not an option anymore. I mean, they've done OK without him anyway, right? Yeah, you I mean, we have ever. just one game to yeah. go before the, the transfer uh, period starts again, so Tevez has been very good in this force-nine uh, position. Uh, or centre forward, if you want to call it. Uh, Chavez has been good as well in recent weeks. Chavez has been good as coming from the left. So I mean, we are okay for tomorrow. Uh, we're surely going to sign uh, a number nine in the in the transfer period. Mm. No doubt about it. We'll see. Um, to sign off, I will mention that Gimnasia have just beaten uh, Deportivo Madrid. Uh, 2-1 in the Copa Argentina. I'm not sure where it was played exactly, even though we just watched the I think it's the match. Oh really? It was a green stand. That was a remarkably sensible, well, relatively central, sensible decision, given that we're talking about a team from Puerto Madryn having to come all the way up to Buenos Aires to play, but still. Um, so Gimnasia advanced to the 16th of final in the Copa Argentina, 
And that's it for now. Enjoy um, Thursday evening's two quarterfinal second legs in the Libertadores. Join us again next week for a review of the final weekend of group action and um, of, of those Copa Argentina quarterfinals. I suspect, and no doubt, yet more political or economical talk about how the AFA is going. Um, thank you very much to you for listening, and thank you to my two fellow uh, panellists this week, Fede. Thank you. And Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. One match that we forgot about earlier while we were recording was another of the uh, Copa Argentina games. And in it, Instituto beat San Martín de San Juan 1-0. So they're through to the last 32.